Hello, welcome. <laughs> you want to do it? No, I don't want to do it. Hello and welcome to the We Rank Things podcast, a podcast where two lifelong friends reveal and discuss their personal top ten rankings for various subjects. I'm Connor. I'm Matt. And today we're going to be talking about our top ten horror movies. First, what are you drinking, Matt? Oh, uh, I'm drinking Block Party Double IPA from Narrows Brewing in collaboration with Edison City Ale House, uh, both of which are in Tacoma, where I live. And my buddy Robbie owns Edison City Ale House, so I thought it was pretty cool that he did a, this collaboration. Nice. Tastes pretty good. Juicy double IPA. I think it's hazy. It's in a can, so I can't see it. What up, Robbie? Are you drinking some coffee tonight? Yes, just nursing a little uh, blonde rose from Starbucks. Nothing fancy. Yeah. Getting the caffeine flowing. Some blonde roast. Always, man. Blonde. Because blondes have more fun? Is that what? That's right, yeah. Is that an adequate Actually, fun Actually, what, what it is, uh, blondes have more caffeine. Do you have any idea why? Uh, yeah, the, the, the roasting process uh, takes out some of the caffeine in the beans. So a blonde roast is oh, like that's more right. lightly roasted, and so it has more caffeine than a darker roast. The more you know, kids. Yep, there you go. I love me some caffeine. Um, so... Horror movies. Just, just I talk love about horror, horror movies. movies. Okay. I enjoy being scared. I love things that are creepy and dark and gross and overall just macabre and entertaining in that way. Uh, ever since I was a kid, I had a fascination with everything from serial killers to the occult. And uh, the movies fulfilled that interest in quite a way that nothing else really could. <clears throat> uh, eventually I got into... You know, dark metal bands and other things that that kind of play into it. But horror movies is the ultimate expression. And it's like the safe way to indulge curiosities into more dark aspects of the world. And really see how people can get creative in spooky, spooky ways. Yeah. You don't, you don't watch a lot of horror movies, do you? I don't. This, this was a harder list for me to put together. Um... For two for two reasons. Number one is that is that I don't share that same love of horror movies that you have. So in that regard, my um, you know my the movies that I'm trying to draw from to put together uh, a top ten list was more limited. And so I, I did try I did try to um, see you some rented of the, some movies. Yeah. So I, I yeah. So I, I tried to like put some research into it and like. Make a go of it. I, I went to the library a lot, um, you know, as we were kind of leading up to this recording and tried to, you know, see some of the, the movies that people consider to be classics and, and you know, give it a go a little bit. And, I mean, it was just it, it was just a little bit harder for me because I, I think uh, the horror genre as a whole is just really weird. Like, I mean... What do you th- mean weird? Well, I mean, are, are there some... In my opinion, are there some good movies? Yeah. But, like... They're more just like entertaining than than great stories or like pieces of art. Oh sure, but I mean, I think you can make that argument for most genres. Like, you're not going to get a lot of works of art in the comedy realm, but there's still movies that stand out that that go above and beyond just the genre and that have something more to it, more profound, and and really have a technique to it that's that's revelationary. Is that a word? Revelationary. They're a revelation. Revelatory? Revelatory? Something yeah. like that. Basically what I'm trying to say is fancy. 
<laughs> oh, uh, no, that's not what revelatory means. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, fancy in a way that it's different for the for the genre and and groundbreaking. I hear you. That that and that, that's a great um, way to put it for me because I, I definitely love comedy genre. But yeah, both are are like. Candy, but, that should, like, but that shouldn't discount the ability to do great comedy or do great horror. Like sometimes, what makes a horror movie great is that it's not some Oscar-winning, uh, you know, art piece, yeah. or like a Schindler's List or something, where you have a really profound subject matter and an incredible execution. Sometimes it's just like you want to have the goofiest, fucking bloodiest movie you can find. And you're like, wow, that was just shocking and gory and, and kind of fun at the same time. And just sort of a, a parody of the macabre. Okay. Like the I mean, parody. yeah, that, that's fine. I mean, personally, like, I... I'm not saying you have to like it. No, right. And that's the thing. is like, I can't stand, like, movies that are just gory for the sake of being gory. Well, you and know? I think we and, like, get to that threshold. I think anyone who's a good horror fan has their threshold. But I can't, uh, some people yeah. are really into that. I can't Blood remember how many fun. of the the Saw movies I've seen, but like those type of just like gore gore core or whatever you want to call them, like I, I, that's not for me. Uh, it's not for everybody, folks. And I would say just as like a heads up, I probably have a few movies on this list that aren't maybe true horror. Like I think I, I think that is going to play perfectly into my other question I had, which is, did you find that there's a lot of movies that kind of in the gray or kind of in the gray area? Because there's, yeah. there's a couple I excluded from my top ten because I wasn't so sure they were strictly a horror movie. Maybe it has a little more fantasy. Maybe it's a little bit more quote-unquote sci-fi. Or maybe it's just not like truly a horror movie in a sense that everyone would say 100% yes, that's definitely in the horror genre exclusively. Okay. I mean, no, there's very few selections, I think, can be in the horror genre exclusively because everything kind of, especially at this time and in this day and age, picks, yeah. picks from other genres. Yeah. Uh, I mean, perfect example is like Get Out, which is like playing on not only uh, drama and suspense, a little bit of horror, but also on like, you know, creative and, and politically sensitive issues. Right. Uh, and creative representations of it. So is that so something like, you, you didn't consider for your list? I didn't include it. Uh, it's a fantastic movie, but uh, it wasn't in my top ten. This is okay. the only reason I didn't include oh, it. Oh, yeah, Because, yeah. Uh, like, while I thought it was awesome and it was a great... Something new in a time where it's hard to do something new and make it awesome, uh, it just wasn't in the top ten for horror for me. I think if it... It's, like I said, it straddles other genres, so if you went into something of more of a hybrid genre, maybe it might climb in that list, but it didn't offer as much, like, scary and, like, uh, unnerving things as I wanted to get from it, which I'll definitely get from some of the other movies that are on my list. Yeah. Get to so I, I definitely had to kind of expand uh, the definition, I guess, of horror and, and, and get a few, just to, to, to make my top ten, I mean, because <laughs> I, you know, like I said, my... my um, my pool of movies to from which to draw from was limited, even though I, I tried to uh, to expand it. Um, How did yeah. you feel about horror comedy? I I would um, like, and I'm not talking about like campy old like Halloween movies or anything. I'm talking about like, like Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Sure, or like one like 
guessing. Oh, maybe she, I don't want to spoil one that's on your don't, list. No, I. But uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. But like, yeah, like Tucker and Dale versus Evil, one that's like specifically made to be a bit of a parody like Shaun of, of the, the Dead genre. Yeah, yeah. Um, you didn't put that on your list. Did you? I didn't put it on my list. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. But it's specifically made to be a comedy first and a horror yes. movie second. I agree with that, and and that's like I really like that movie too. I didn't put it on there because I felt where I kind of expand on what necessarily might you know what might not necessarily be horror for everyone. I would say it's still like creepy or scary like it, yeah. you can see it fitting under the same umbrella well and i think more importantly it's a uh like that movie is still a little creepy in ways uh and it has jump scares to it but like i said it's made to be a comedy first yeah. and a horror movie second whereas some of the other things they'll talk about later on they're made to be a horror movie first but they add comedic elements which i think is a huge part of horror movies in general especially when you look at like the golden age of slasher films in the 80s and into the 90s, there's always a little bit of goofiness to it. I mean, girls running around with their tops off and like, summer camps and shit. Yeah. Like, a lot of that is gratuitous and not necessary, but it comes off as, like, fun and silly and ridiculous. Or just, like, sometimes the way that the creature looks in the creature feature is so stupid and ridiculous, but that's the way it's supposed to look, because... You're supposed to get a little humor because we're like we're all in on the joke when you're watching a movie like that. That's the idea of right. it. So I will say, in ta in in you know, kind of discussing like expanding my list, a movie that I considered, I actually cut off my list late in the process. Uh -huh. But I I want to talk about it specifically just because um, Jurassic Park. Was a movie that I considered to from my list. And hear me out on this, because I think a lot of people are going to be like, "What Jurassic Park? That's not a horror movie." But hear me out, because when you when you look at a lot of when you look at other people's lists of top horror movies, or or you do a Google search for top horror movies, Jaws always comes up as yeah. like a classic. Yeah. And it's like if you're going to be scared of sharks, you should be scared of dinosaurs. Yeah. No. No. You're totally right. I actually, as much as I don't think it belongs in the horror category, because it's not a horror movie to me. Uh, it's not like that scary, or it's not made with the intent to scare you or to gross you out. Uh, it is a creature feature, which is a very significant category in horror. Yes. And Jaws is the perfect example, because it incites fear in a certain way. Yeah. And Jurassic Park, to a lesser degree, but still in the same manner, tries to incite fear in the way that, like... Imagine yourself running away from a giant T-Rex is about to fucking bite you in half. Yes. And it looks so realistic, especially at the time, that you feel that that fear. Right. And I think a big part of it for me, like, why it sticks in my head is because, number one, I read the book before I saw the movie. And it's, a, it's obviously a great book. Number two, it came out at a time when we were, like, 11 or 12. You know, like kind of that perfect age yeah. to like be scared you yeah, know be, well especially to be scared of something like that yeah exactly yeah i remember i'm glad you cut it off your list because i would have told you that it doesn't fit i know well we'll see we'll see what you think of maybe a couple of these we're but, working really hard to destroy um, our friendship but it hasn't happened uh, honestly like one of the, this is not my list either but one of the like scariest or creepiest or most uncomfortable movies i've ever seen is requiem for a dream oh fuck yeah for a different totally different reason well, that's, that's just that's a perfect example of, like, 
that makes you feel uncomfortable. Like some of these movies make me feel uncomfortable, especially they're in the horror genre overall. It's not a horror movie. Yeah, exactly. It's just horrific. Yes, <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, do you, you want to dive into the to the list, or do you have yeah, anything else? Well, uh, we don't. Do we need to set any other guidelines? I can think we've kind of covered yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to go first or shall I? Yeah, I'll go first, I think. Okay. So number 10 for me was is uh, Hereditary. Um, <laughs> and that was, so that's a, a pretty, a, you know, a newer movie. I think well, it, it came out this year. Tell me why you why you liked it. Well, um, I think part of the reason I don't generally care for the horror genre is that a lot of the movies can be so predictable. And this one kept me guessing. I mean, it kind of threw me for some loops and was also just deeply disturbing with the imagery and kind of the twists and turns it took. Um, I I remember just sitting in the theater after it ended with just a weird knot in my stomach. Um, (laughs) Because the plot makes you think, and I even had to go online and kind of read some of the theories about what I had just seen. So it was was just really interesting. um, And kudos to to first-time director Ari Aster. And... Tony Collette was great in it. It was just overall, I just thought it was really interesting. It made me, it made me feel a different way than than a lot of other movies. Well, and you touched on a really important uh, aspect of horror movies, which is like common horror tropes. And yes, that is something that you have to play with carefully, especially these days, because sometimes you put a horror trope in there because people know it's going to be in there and they like it. It's like you know listening to the hits, whereas this movie takes it, and they use some common horror tropes, but they put their own twist on it. They cut the sequencing in a different way, where you don't. It comes when you least expect it, kind of thing, and it really does something new with it. But I, as much as I don't like horror to be categorized in a very uh, predictable way, it is a genre where the tropes can become extremely predictable, and yeah. it's really easy to do it poorly. I mean, right. I could name you off a thousand movies that do the same things that a much better movie does. It's just like they don't they don't pull it off well enough to make you sit there and not say, Oh yeah, I know what's coming next. Don't look behind that door. Oh, it was the mom the whole time. You know, like yeah. something like that, you know, like yeah. It's not predictable. But that actually plays really well into my number ten. Because Friday the thirteenth, part two mm. is my number ten. I have the big love of the campy 80s horror movies, 70s, 80s horror movies. Uh, I was thinking about, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Hellraiser, Halloween, a lot of stuff from that genre, like, slasher genre. Yeah. A lot of classic stuff that I really love. But not all of them have, like, the staying power. And the original Friday the 13th uh, has a great, has probably the best ending of any of them, I think. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but... (laughs) um, The whole movie as a whole is pretty corny when you watch it over and over again, especially now, yep. decades later. But the Friday the 13th Part 2 is kind of like a remake of number one in a lot of ways. Uh, the twist at the end is different, uh, but it pulls off that campy stuff just the way you like it, like you're listening to our Greatest Hits album. It's really funny, and it's really fun, and it's just a good watch and entertaining, and there's a lot of good kills in it. And basically, it just gives me everything I'm looking for. I don't have to think about it a lot. And it's going back to the old school, and I'll watch it every year at Halloween time. It's great. All right. It's fucking fun. If you haven't seen it, 
I haven't. I watched uh, Friday the 13th, the first one, as part of my uh, quote-unquote research <laughs> for this list, and uh, it didn't it didn't hold up for me. So I'll, yeah. I'll definitely well, it's check like it out. I'm saying, some of those movies, you appreciate it for what it is, you remember it differently, it's nostalgic, but some of them don't hold up as well as others. Right. They're just not that entertaining when you're not... Uh, when it's not new and fresh to you as a young, younger person, mm-hmm. or as a uh, uh, naive young gent or lady or whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, Friday the 13th Part 2, I think they hit the stride in that series. And really in every one of those like long series, it has like five to ten sequels. Even things like Leprechaun, little creature features from that era, uh, era are... Are great to watch all of them, but you have to go in with the understanding that, like, a lot of it's going to be really campy. Yeah. Um, and you're going to get to a point where some of them are going to be really bad. Like, around sequel seven or eight, things usually go really bad. But then usually there's a gem. <laughs> there's a gem later on in the remake. The remake of Friday the 13th was pretty fucking good. It was entertaining. Yeah. It was gory. And, like, uh, I thought Rob Zombie's Halloween remake was pretty cool. It was gory and fun um the only exceptions i think to that would be the later stuff the sam raimi stuff the evil deads and army of darkness stuff was really campy but you went into it knowing it's gonna be corny as fuck but it's supposed to be like that right and it still included plenty of gore and shocking stuff and really fun stuff you know you get to see special effects just kind of be the whole budget of the movie yeah fun yeah anyways what's number nine for you Number nine for me is The Shining. Ooh, nice! Uh, for a lot of people, this is a lot higher on the list. Uh, the psychological things don't really necessarily do it for me, like unless they're super disturbing in a very specific way. But this is just such a great movie. And it's, I mean, it's Stanley Kubrick, it's the 70s, Jack Nicholson being absolutely insane in the movie. Uh, it's got a little slasher element to it when he starts to really go crazy and lose it. Uh, everything involving the, the kid is pretty creepy. And I think overall that horror trope of like creepy little kids is one that just never uh, fails to make me creeped out. Even if it's a bad, bad, bad movie. Right. Little kids in the hallway just being all weird and creepy. Uh, it makes me think they're at the end of my bed at night, and that just, it terrifies me. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I, I definitely get it. I think for me, I, like, I didn't see that movie for a while. I, I think maybe I was in college by the time I saw that movie. And so at that point, I had, I had like, seen it referenced so many times yeah. that, like, some of the key lines or key scenes in the movie that should be more memorable or more, like, impactful didn't hold oh, up just like because I had seen it referenced or bit. seen it yeah. like parodied so many times. That you know is I mean? a that is a little bit of a drawback uh, when you're seeing a movie like that. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, when you saw it, no matter how much you liked it, you can appreciate. This is one thing where where some of these movies might actually transcend the genre and just be a great movie. Is because it's like you see all the directing techniques in it mm-hmm. that really make it something special. I mean. The use of space in that movie is incredible. Like, when you see him in the hotel, and it's a room where he's sitting on a typewriter, and it's, like, this massive room, and he's so small, but the metaphor within that picture is so impactful, because you're so creeped out by this tiny thing, and even when you realize there's a massive world around it... Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's one of those few times where I feel like a, 
I can really push my glasses up my nose and be like, this is a serious uh, level of proficiency in filmmaking. I don't know dick about film when it really comes down to it, but it's one of those universal things that I think anybody can kind of tap into. Yeah. And that's what makes a good movie, especially a good horror movie. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Uh, number nine for me is 28 Days Later. Ah, oh, so, that's one of my shout-outs. It didn't quite make it. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I, I just... movie. Yeah. For, I, I'm, I'm by no means an expert on the genre, but I feel like it was one of the first in kind of the zombie resurgence that we saw in, like, the early 2000s. Yes. So, I haven't actually uh, seen this movie for a while, but um, remember really enjoying it. Um, I really like the zombie genre as a whole, and um, this, this well, is actually the only one that, that made it to the list. But um, uh, And I have several friends who will debate to no end whether this is technically a zombie movie. Uh, it's And I think <laughs> it's uh, really important to understand that, like, it's taken the trope of a zombie movie and put a new spin on it, which is fun. Right. But a lot of people, uh, like myself, will tend to argue that in order to truly be a zombie, you have to die completely and then come back to life. Oh, these are more uh, But this is a rage virus yeah. and you're infected. For some, that's a gray area. But <laughs> I still love that movie. I think it's great. All right. There's a lot of blood spitting and nastiness, and it's such a creepy look. Yeah. When's the last time you watched it? Uh, a, a long time ago. I think like you remember it visually being creepy. Yes. I, well, I, and just like what I what I love is just the aspect of, or, you know, the premise of, of waking up and from a coma and just having no one around. I mean, that in itself is like. And Will Smith's creepy. not in it. That that all that always helps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is that your number nine or your number? That eight? was number nine. Yep. My number eight is High Tension. It's a French slasher film about a woman who's in this house in, like, rural France. And it's just a fucking gnarly, violent slasher film. And the violence is well-placed. Like, it's got a lot of action. It's really frightening. But it's not gory to the point where it just looks like they're dumping buckets full of fake blood everywhere. Yeah. You ever heard of it? High tension? No. Definitely watch it. If you don't mind subtitles, it can be a great watch. It's really good. Lots of action. There's a woman being a hero. Heroine. It's fun. Awesome. What's your number eight? So my number eight is The Ring. Uh-huh. And <clears throat> this is another one. Sort of sort of like 28 Days Later. I mean, this came out in college. And I think part of maybe what helps these movies play up is just the environment that you see them. You know what I mean? So it's... I think it always helps. Like, if you're in, like, a group of people and there's kind of that, like, tension in the room, mm-hmm. it helps, it, it, it just helps everything kind of, you know, be more, um, be scarier. If, if you're around people who are scared, like, if I'm just sitting on the couch by myself, I'm not going it, to, it's not going to be the same experience as if you maybe see it in the theater or see it with a group of people who are, like, invested in So are you saying scared. play off other people's uncomfortableness and they're, like... Anxiety when you're watching a movie like that? It can definitely help. I think, like, like, I mean, there's probably some sort of psychological reasoning, but if, like, you're in a group of people who are all getting scared by it, then it helps, it just helps the overall experience. And this this was definitely like that. I remember seeing it with um, Cheryl, my, my wife, and, and then um, my sister, and, and friends, and, and people who were um, screaming and stuff like that. Like, it, it all <laughs> plays into it. So this is obviously the... The 2002 remake of a 1998 
Japanese film. I haven't seen the original, but, um, you know, and, and this, this is another one that I haven't actually seen recently, but, but just has, um, uh, good memories for me in terms of just that creepy imagery and, um, yeah. What about you? What's, what's your number seven? My number seven is Sinister, the movie from 2012 where the bad guy, Mr. Buggy, looks like uh, he plays guitar in Slipknot, <laughs> a big old scary mask. Um, uh, Ethan Hawke, not my favorite actor, but he does a really good job in this movie, and, uh, and it's basically like these people move into this house, and he's a writer, and he's worked on true crime, and come to find out that this house was involved in a true crime situation and it's got elements of like creature feature with the bad guy it's got elements of psychological thriller because there's a lot of darkness in it like there's hardly any lights on in the house all the time found myself yelling at the screen the whole time like why don't you turn a fucking light on <laughs> what is this it's just annoying you're like but, the anti-dad. Turn some lights on! Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it actually creates a very spooky vibe. And then uh, you have a little bit of found footage element to it. Because part of the thing is that there's a box of old films left over in the attic. Uh, where he discovers that there's the bad guy. Oh, uh, wow. But the films are really disturbing. Uh, I won't go into it more because it kind of spoils it. But it includes like little kids, it includes adults, it includes like so many different horror tropes and I think it's a good example of, of new horror still being really scary using old tropes by spinning them in a new way and, and thinking of new ways to make it creepy. It's a great fucking movie. Nice. And it's got a sequel that's just about as creepy. It's fucking awesome. Alright. Yeah. I have not seen that one either. What's your se uh, number seven? My number seven is A Quiet Place. Hey so, uh, like Hereditary, this is another newer one, uh, 2018 release. Uh, it has Jim from The Office. <laughs> uh, yeah, he sorry. He directed that with his wife, who I know. stars in it with him. That's awesome. Um, he's always going to be Jim from The Office. But actually, <laughs> he, unlike the Jack Ryan show that always pops up on my Netflix, where I see him and just think, there's no way that Jim from oh. The Office is a CIA agent, CIA agent or whatever. Um <laughs> It actually, he really works in this. I mean, it's a... Like he sells it for you? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a... Without spoiling anything, it's a really... There's a unique concept um, where this movie kind of takes place in the near future. And the backstory is a little bit ambiguous or non-existent, but uh, basically there's there's creatures that take over the planet and... and well, you can uh, infer enough from the backstory... Right. ...that's very vague that, like, Earth's been taken over. Yeah. And... People have to, they can't really make noise, so they're going to be immediately hunted and killed. So um, it was actually really a, a really unique theater-going experience in that a good portion of the movie is almost completely silent, silent hence hence the name. But um, Yeah, I thought that was a really good, again, a great use of something new in an old idea, which is like, you do something that engages the entire audience in a particular way. I don't know if it's ever really been done that way since, like, some of the more creepy older movies. Like, I was thinking earlier about uh, the 1970 Nosferatu with Klaus Kinski, and it's, like, super creepy movie, but when you watch it, you realize there's not really much of a score or much sound to it or anything. Mm -hmm. 
And that in itself is unsettling because you're so, I mean, we're so used to such a noisy world. And yeah. like in a lot of horror movies, especially with jump scares, it's like a real quiet moment and then all of a sudden it's loud and then you go back to normal happenings and yeah. dialogue and whatever else. But yeah, it's weird being in a theater full of people dead silent for that long. Yeah. And this is actually one that I've, I've rewatched and, and enjoyed at home as well as in the theater. So I thought, I thought it was, it was really cool. I thought really hard about putting that in my top ten. It just missed out, but it's it's one of those ones that's so new, and it's the impact was great, but it's one where I was like, oh, I'll give it a few more years before I say top ten. Yeah. To make sure it holds up. Yeah. What about six for you? Number six is actually another new one. It, it's Get Out. We kind of uh, mentioned it a little bit in that the, the introduction. Um, I thought it was a really fresh take on the genre. Um, kind of like what we talked about, but... We should start something called Fresh Takes that's better than Hot Takes. <laughs> Nobody needs Hot Takes, they need Fresh Takes. So, it, I mean, if you are going to consider this a horror movie, it's one of the few... Oh, it definitely is. Yeah, so it, it's one of the few that's ever been uh, nominated for an Academy Award. Even though it was nominated for comedy or something like that. Yeah, I thought it was nominated for Best Picture. Or maybe Best... I think in addition to Best Picture, it was like... Comedy. I don't think there's like a comedy Academy Award. There was in some other category that was not horror. Oh, really? Yeah, and it was ridiculous. It was like, why is it not in the fucking horror genre? Yeah, there's there's a, not a comedy award. You know, are you but, sure there's not a comedy award? Yeah. There's no best comedy for Oscars. Are you sure? Keep talking. I'm going to look Pretty sure. I don't believe you. But anyway, it's the directorial debut of Jordan Peele from Key and Peele. Um... And yeah, I would say more psychological thriller than perhaps true horror, but there's a great story and, and a, a new perspective. So it was uh, very enjoyable. Another movie that I saw in the theater and then I've seen uh, it uh, again. So, yeah. Sweet. My number six is The Strangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, a really good use of silence in that movie. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people might uh, take issue with Again, a newer movie. One that gets a lot of mixed reviews. I'm not really sure why. I mean, it does do a lot of things that have already been done. But I thought it was fun. It was uh, well-paced. And super fucking creepy at a lot of parts. And maybe, like, the home invasion thing doesn't really strike a chord with a lot of people. But for me, like, that's a really creepy element. Especially if you're in a house in the middle of nowhere where you don't fucking know anybody. And... Particularly the scene where Liv Tyler's sitting in the room. I forget what she's doing. But you just see the guy out of focus kind of come in, stand and stare at her, and then come out. Yeah. It's the creepiest fucking shit ever. That, I love it. Yes. I'm with you. The and, use of in-the-dark creepiness uh, is great. That will make an appearance on my list as well. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, are you, did you already do your six? Yeah, I did six. I'm on my number five. Why don't you tell me about your number five? So, my number five is Alien. Alien? Yes. Hmm. This is where we're getting into the gray area. You don't consider it to be a horror movie? Well, it's just a, such a sci-fi movie. I mean, you're dealing with, like, sci-fi creatures, and there's definitely horror elements. I couldn't decide. I actually thought about that movie a lot, because it's one of my favorite movies overall. Like, yeah. It's really high up there, because I think it's great for both the sci-fi genre and 
more creative movies like horror. Uh, I don't know. I just I, there's something that it doesn't have enough of to make me call it a horror movie. Like it's a creature feature, but there's not that much creature. In it. It's more suspense right. than anything. Yeah. For me. Yeah. And so me, I mean, it, I get it. It goes suspense first before it goes everything else. But I get I don't it. Know. And that, that's why, that's why I said at the beginning, like horror is such a weird genre because what is it? You know, it's like. So so when I was putting this list together, like I said, I had a hard time making the list. And so when I put the list together, I'm like, okay, well, at, at its at, at, at its core, like I'm gonna put movies on here that that scare me or creep me out. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I guess Alien is science fiction, but like if you're talking about like a creature, like like mythical beings, like well that that's like. Get Out, too. Like, is Get Out science fiction? You know, I don't... I mean... <laughs> yeah, I get Because it, it takes place in space. But, like, this movie was just it, just so full of suspense and had me on the edge of my seat. And, it, and it's actually a movie I'm semi-embarrassed to admit that I, ha- I hadn't seen until recently. Mm-hmm. It's such a, such a classic. You know what I mean? So but um, I was actually amazed the whole time I watched it, sitting there watching it going, this was made... Like forty years ago, and it, it holds up. I mean, the, yeah. That that's what that's what stood out the most to me. Um, it is a big thing, like to watch it more than a decade or two later and have it still give you the feelings that you want from that type of movie. Yes, no doubt. I just thought there was an incredible amount of tension within the movie, even even because of some of the flashing light elements and there's like ticking noises and there's just all these things that kind of build. You know? uh, we'll talk about more of that stuff when we get up to the top of my list, but I love those sorts of things where they use semi-noticeable uh, semi things or like stuff in the background that you don't think about until later on, but it's like bothering you when you see it. Like the, the lights in that movie, flashing lights and stuff, mm-hmm. irritates me the more I watch it, but I'm like, oh, that's brilliant because it's right. unsettling. Yeah, yeah, that's what they were going yeah, for. That's All right. exactly what they are going for. What is your number five? My number five is Dodd Snow, also known as Dead Snow. It's a uh, Norwegian horror film. Wow. Uh, it's recent. It combines a lot of my favorite things, like creature feature, slasher sort of jump scare things. It's from 2009. Um, and most of all, it involves Nazi zombies. The whole premise is that <laughs> these kids go to a cabin up in the fjords of Norway during the wintertime when it's all snowy. I'm assuming it's winter. I don't know. It kind of snows all the time in Norway. Yeah. Uh, although I'm sure their summers are very green and foggy. Um, but they uh, kind of get ambushed overall by Nazi zombies that have been buried in the snow for, you know, 60s and 70 years. It's really fun. It's got the right amount of gore and jump scare and everything, and it's kind of campy in the best ways. I fucking love it. Awesome. And there's a great sequel, too. Oh, nice. It's a good movie to get drunk or high and watch with your friends. Nice. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Gotta watch it, man. What about number, number four? Number four for me is The Ring. That's the remake, the American version with Naomi Watts. I happen to love Naomi Watts, so that is a big part of it, but uh, really the most important thing, which you kind of touched on, was having something uh, familiar to you in the movie. 
because that movie is set in Seattle in the Pacific Northwest. There you go. Uh, they go out to the islands to where the little girl grew up and all these fucking the creepiest of the creepy surroundings that we have around us are all in that movie. The weather's dreary. There's just such a feel to it. And add into it a creepy little girl, which creepy kids is mm -hmm. really a big hitter for me. Uh, it was just pretty pretty terrifying the first time I watched it. I love the creepiness that it gives me every time I watch it. It's just it's that unsettling thing that you talked about. I love it when a movie is unsettling. It's really made an impact on me. It's gotten under my skin. Yeah. No, I, I love it. I, I could watch it over and over and over again. Um, the sequels aren't too bad either. The originals are, are great. Um, and I plan on watching them all again next, uh, next October. Nice. I didn't get to this year, but I've got it on the list for the next one. Uh, What's your number four? My number four is Silence of the Lambs. Really? Yeah, so... Psychological thriller. Yep, yep. And this is another one, like, I kind of talked about with Jurassic Park. I read the book, and, uh... Really? Yeah, I read it when I was... I don't you know. read a lot more books than I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, 13 years old, probably, when I read it. So it, it had a huge impact on me, um, just kind of being that, like I said, the right age to be scared. Um... And this one doesn't always get labeled as like a true horror movie, but it's it's about a serial killer who kills women and wants to wear their skin. So what's not horrifying about that? Yeah. Um, I think Anthony Hopkins acting in this movie would rank as like one of the best performances of all time. Oh yeah, it's constantly referred to and when talking about great performances, especially in the suspense and horror genres and like the darker side of movies. Yeah. It, like the, it's famous that Jodie Foster was so creeped out that she didn't want to do those scenes anymore or whatever. And it, I think that actually played into her not doing the sequel. Is that she, it was just like, she, she went, it was creepy <laughs> enough the first time around because he was Hannibal Lecter when I was talking to him and frankly yeah. I didn't want him to eat me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great. It, it, it's just, I mean, aside from, you know, being a scary movie, it's just a great movie. And, um, I, I, I watch it probably once a year, actually. I'm realizing we don't have a whole lot of cannibalism in our lists. And it's nice to see cannibalism make a make a, a, an appearance. I mean, there's such great ones out there, like Cannibal Holocaust is one of the staples of the horror genre. One of the most infamous movies ever. And we have barely talked about the subject. Yeah. And it's disturbing. Yes. Incredibly very much, very disturbing. Much so. <laughs> Was that number four? Or number that was number three? four. What's your number four. three? Number three, Misery. Ah, uh, Kathy Bates. Yeah, another one that's maybe not your typical Dirty horror Bernie. movie, but uh, based on a Stephen King book, and it's it's terrifying because it's basically the story of a, a super fan psycho lady um, kidnapping her favorite author and keeping him I hostage. I think I'm seeing a, a, a trend of psychologically. Disturbing movies in your list. Yeah, I, I would I say we've hit a, I, I a prefer kind of the. I think I'm going to start creepy... crawling you in the middle of the night from unknown. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I sleep through it, so don't worry about that. <laughs> but um, I think Stephen King has, has said that the book was actually a metaphor for the grip that cocaine addiction has on you. Oh, I'm sure um, that fucking maniac. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that kind of goes back to 
what I talked about. Thank you, Stephen, for drawing for a parallel to your talking about yourself and your excessive cocaine use. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a great movie. It is, and it has uh, one of the most bone-chilling, gut-wrenching scenes in cinematic history. So there's always that. There's always that. I I really like that movie because it's so just. It makes your skin crawl and that like you feel like you could know that person like when i talk about things like dead snow or sinister or even the shining like a lot of that stuff there's like quote unquote real people involved but it's really hard to put yourself in the shoes of any character in the movie that one it's you feel like you know somebody who's obsessed with a celebrity or or, or gets unhealthy obsessions with things i mean We've probably both been guilty of doing that in many ways. Everybody does, but you see it go just a little too far. Yeah, and that is frightening. And, you talk, and we talked about um, Academy Awards. Uh, Kathy Bates won Best Actress for her performance in this, as she should. Yep, creepy lady. Uh, she was also in The Office. Yes. Yeah. There you go. She was Joan from <laughs> down in Florida. Um, my number three is called Wreck, short for Record. Oh. It's a Spanish movie. It was remade in America as Quarantine. Nowhere near as good as the original. Uh, it's a found footage type movie, like handheld camera mm-hmm. kind of thing, uh, where this reporter, this woman who's a reporter, goes to the scene of some sort of outbreak that's happening. Uh, and it basically involves... It, it's a little bit of a gray area. Between, like it, I don't know if it explicitly says... I've just watched it, but I can't remember if it said whether they die first and they come back as zombies, or if it's a 28 days later infection, rage virus, quote-unquote zombie situation. But it's really, really creepy. Uh, the way they use the handheld isn't totally sickening like you do when you watch, like, a, like, like Blair Witch or something. Yeah, yeah. Which, my biggest, and I think most people's biggest gripe is just, it's so unsteady that it makes it hard to watch for a lot of people, even though it is a creepy movie. Uh, this one has its moments like that but overall it's pretty steady it makes you feel like you're in the movie and you're moving along with it rather than like trying to follow a shaky camera and uh there's some lovely creatures in it and some gore and violence and some really good jump scares like people falling from great heights and and all sorts of disturbing beast people nice that, that come out after they've been infected and Oh my god, if you are a horror fan at all, and you like anything that has creatures or gore or zombies or any of that shit, you have to watch this movie. Sounds like it hits a lot of different things. Yeah, it hits a lot of different things. And it's a foreign language movie where, like, the stuff on screen is a lot easier to follow, despite, in spite of the subtitles. Mm -hmm. You gotta watch the shit. It's really Alright, yeah. Check it out. How about number two for you? Number two for me is hereditary oh nice uh it's really rare for me that something this brand no i I say that knowing that like a lot of the movies on my list are pretty new but this is this fucking year yeah and it just was so great i like i said before i think they do a lot of classic horror tropes in a way that's creative and placed really well it's timed really well i love that the movie in the arc of the story goes about three quarters of the way through and you're at the point where you're like well 
it doesn't seem like anything's really going to happen at this point. And then all of a sudden, everything just goes fucking haywire. <laughs> like, shit goes absolutely bonkers. And it's been a long time since I've watched a movie, and it's literally made my skin crawl. I got goosebumps, and like, really a little frightened by it, and it was just so creepy. And uh, I love that the trailer for the movie was extremely misleading. Yes. Like, you totally think it's going to be one thing. And even for a good portion of the movie, you're like, that's what it is. I know what this is. It's predictable. I've seen this a thousand times, and all of a sudden it breaks you out of that. It does something to completely pull you out of that. You're like, oh, shit, what the, how, how is that possible? I thought that was the story. Uh, and then by the end of it, uh, it comes to such a great conclusion and the thing that I think reminded me of some of my favorite horror movies and uh, made it so great is that for days afterwards, maybe a week afterwards, I still felt disturbed by it. Like, I was like yes. oh, God, that was just so fucking creepy. I hear it you, It sits man. with you. And that is the mark of a fucking great horror movie. I, like I said, I remember just seeing in the theater... When the credits were rolling, sitting there going, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> and having, like, a pit in my stomach. Yeah, and, like, days after, we were like, God, how did they come up with that? Where did that come from? Like, whoever's mind that came from is uh, just unreal and unholy and, <laughs> and terrifying and unnatural. It's fucking great. It was, it was great. Yeah, it was. What was your number two? My number two is The Strangers. Oh, so for that, reasons. Oh, man. Just the fact that it... I mean, I saw it when it came out, and it creeped the hell out of me, and I rewatched it, and it had the same effect. I think just, oh. just like, um, That's just the fact that, it, I mean, it, they say, it, you know, it's loosely based on a true story, I, that carries a little extra weight, and just the fact that it feels, like, it feels like, oh, shit, that could happen, like, yeah. and, and you know. The realism to it. Yes, and, and I really, I think one of the awesome things about this movie is that, I mean, um, there's like 11 people in it. There is, it's, there's, it's really low budget in the fact that there's, like, 11 people, or however many, there's not many, um, most of it takes place, like, even that many? one scene, yeah, maybe yeah. There, there's a, maybe even less, maybe there's eight or something, I don't know, there's, yeah. there's very few people, um, so, so I just, I just thought it was really well done, like, like, a lot of the things you talked about, um, the creepiness of it, really... I mean, well, that mix of realism and watching it again and still feeling some of the things you've uh, felt yeah. the first time. I had that with Hereditary when I rewatched it a couple times already. Yeah. Each time I still feel the same. Like, fuck, it really gets you. Right. That's a sign of a good fucking horror movie. Yes. Yes. Even even some of the jump scares got me the second <laughs> time, which I'm like, man. That's not gonna be a good movie. But yeah, that. Yeah. That Is there any jump scares in your number one? Uh, yeah, probably. I I think we can say our number one uh, at the same time, if you'd like. On three, one, two, three. The, the Exorcist! Exorcist. <laughs> ah! Yes! Do you want to talk about the first? Because I could talk about sure. it no end. Yeah, sure. So I think, um, I, I'm just going to make a few points real quick. I think, well, going back to our, our, I think this was the first horror film to be nominated for Best Picture, number one. Number two. Really? I think there would be like like I think there would be outrage if this movie was released today just from, you know, the religious right or whoever. And it was yeah, released probably. in 1973. Yeah. So that's like <laughs> that just stands out for me. D I just think 
it's deeply disturbing to watch a child possessed like that, like yeah. like we've talked about throughout this. Um, I think the acting was incredible. The effects, especially for the time period, um, and they just they just didn't let off the gas when imagining what a possessed girl looks like. You know what I mean? Um, they took it to eleven with that shit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I can only imagine like the chaos that this movie caused. Oh yeah, have you ever out. heard of any of the superstitions surrounding it? And like, there was uh, there was like a lightning storm the night of the premiere, and <laughs> I, th- I think something broke off of one of the buildings uh, where the premiere was happening, That's... and like a bunch of people got hurt around it, the filming, and like there's all this superstition and shit around it. Um, I think my favorite my favorite line I wrote this down in my notes. My favorite line was when the girl Reagan. tells the priest. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> That's a great. So line. yeah, it, it's it was like easily like when I was making this list, I, I talked about how this list was hard for me. This was easy. It was like, well, I know what number one is, Exorcist. Yeah. So well, it's like timelessly brutal. Yes, I mean the way that the child is violated is disturbing and awful and horrid, and it really takes something that can come off as hokey and like. You know, possessions and particularly the devil. Like this whole like modern day uh, uh, Christian right ideal of a physical devil is so corny. I mean, at least to me. And I think like culturally, it, it's a very corny thing. And it's it's uh, it's trying to personify something that is much scarier unpersonified. Is yeah. is what makes this super hokey and corny. And this is like. All these different versions of like something truly inhuman and the opposite of personified within like our most vulnerable version of ourselves, which is a little kid. Put on top of that, like full-grown adults really struggling to keep their composure around it. Uh, all the vulgar language and the vulgar vulgar uh, uh, gestures, and, like the crucifix crucifix fucking going on in there. Yeah, it's just so sacrilegious and deeply disturbing and I like I've always loved how it probably scares a lot more other people in that way in the religious aspect than me but the whole concept of a demon that comes through it is so great like there's a lot of uh, I don't know how much you notice that there's several different uh, flashes of a demon face yeah it gives me goosebumps every time I think about it I uh, remember like the f- f- watching that for the first time maybe in junior high like Trying to pause the yeah. movie and There's trying a to scene yeah. where Karis, Father Karis, who's trying to uh, solve the problem with with Reagan, is uh, you know leading up to doing the exorcism, and he has a dream that's that's really disturbing him, where his dead mother's coming up a, a subway entrance and then going back down, and in the middle of that, where he sees it from down the street, there's a flash of the face. Hey, goosebumps right now. <laughs> uh, and I paused on it many times. It still creeps me the fuck out. It's one of the best uses of makeup and special effects and just overall creepiness. It's so creepy. Yeah. And uh, they, I, I have a, the director's cut, so it might be a little different if you've seen the, the, the regular uh, uh, theater the version. Yeah. But the theatrical release... But there's a couple other times in the movie, one of which I didn't notice until watching it just a couple months ago, where they do other face flashes of that same thing, and uh, in different ways. Sometimes on somebody's face, sometimes in other places in the movie, and just overall, it's so gross and creepy, and it 
was one that I watched at a time where I was like 12 or 13 and just scared the fucking bejesus out of me. Mm-hmm. Such a great movie. And a great movie overall. Right. But two other quick bullet points that I love about that movie. Uh, you were talking about uh, the Coop. Maybe it was a Kubrick thing. Somebody else who had... Oh, when you're talking about aliens. You're talking about the lights and the subliminal things. Yeah. This movie, like, really played on the subliminal things. One of the most famous things about it is uh, throughout the movie, they play the sound of bees buzzing, like a really active hive of bees, mm. just in the background, because subconsciously, you don't even notice it when you're watching it, but it makes it gives you anxiety. It triggers anxiety in people to have that That's noise. That's awesome. I didn't, I didn't know and that. They have all these underlying things like that where it just blows your mind. Uh, and also, there is an actual serial killer who is one of the actors in the movie. There's a scene where they're prepping Reagan for a X-ray, and he's like yeah. one of the X-ray technicians. Yeah. Is this guy named Paul Bateson, who was an actual serial killer in uh, and they didn't in New know? York. They didn't know at the time. Whoa. He sometime after that he got convicted of at least one murder, uh, and he's thought to be a I should say he's an alleged serial killer okay. convicted murderer. Yeah, that's interesting. There's all kinds of cra- read up on the Exorcist. There's all kinds of crazy shit revolving around yeah. that movie. Some uh, some of it is uh, indulged by people. Some of it is stuff that actually happened. Yeah, uh, but it's fucking great. Could you see this movie ever being knocked off your number one? No. Yeah. Not Same here. It's it is. It is literally. Well, I mean, it would take something pretty amazing. It is literally my favorite movie of all time. Spoiler oh, really? Alert. Spoiler alert! There we go. Favorite if we ever do a top ten, uh, not only is it a great movie, movies. it's the best horror movie and the best movie ever. Awesome. In my opinion. Well, that's a great way to end. What that fucking matters. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> awesome. Well, good deal. All right. Until next time, share with us your favorite movies, favorite horror movies. Yeah. Ask us questions about how stupid we are about movies. <laughs> give us give us opinions on why we're wrong. Love to read it. Bye. You can subscribe to the We Rank Things podcast on iTunes, so go to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. You and all your friends can also find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can find more info about us on our podcast at WeRankThings.com, and you can let us know what you think about our rankings at WeRankThings on Twitter or at WeRankThingsPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to the WeRankThings podcast.